What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So I'm going to talk about something that it came up earlier. I think it was last week um, on social media. And then it became a topic of conversation today while I was at work. Um, fun fact, I'm back at work <laughs> as of last week, Monday, which I mean, it's what it's August 25th as I'm recording this and I should post it today as well. So um the social media post was the one that uh, I want to say it was the stuff my LPO says with a different word, and it was an some idiot, and and I, I I considered my verbiage before uh, before doing this, but it's just there's I I can't fathom another motivation. It decided to walk around. Uh, I guess it's marked as Chiefs parking. Uh, some sailors that I interacted with off of that ship that I'll leave out of it uh, said that they were told for whatever reason that they were allowed to park in that parking area and then came out to those flyers on their cars. Um, and the flyer said basically that the sailor was illegally parking. Uh, it wasn't like a traffic ticket. It was literally just some stupid thing somebody printed off on the ship said they were legally parking and their license plate had been recorded and then if they parked there again they'd be towed I I can't even like because it, if it was legit the move here which I've I've been involved in something similar is you call base security and you have them come do their job uh, and I'm not like I'm not bagging on security here they didn't they're not going to always know even though they patrol I'm sure but they're not always going to know that there's an issue, but if there really is an issue here, which I'm going to get to why I think this whole thing is just absurd and how we could have prevented this from ever happening in the first place. But if there really was some kind of an issue, like there, there's a time where uh, like a commander's VIP spot in front of a building that like is a regional commander's building, right? It's like the only reason this spot exists is for guests who are coming to visit uh, the commander. Like that's where they park that people were just parking there all the time. So eventually we called base security and then we had some of the chiefs of the command got trained to write traffic tickets, which is a thing that you can do You can get trained. And they went out and did parking enforcement on behalf of base security. They issued actual tickets, the same tickets that base security would issue. So that's another thing that could have happened. If anybody really was invested in this outside of one person, that's probably just angry or a couple, I don't know, whatever. Uh, and so, when it came up, I was just like immediately just disgusted with the fact that somebody would actually like conceive this as a, as an idea and then do what they had to do to like work it through to completion and not in the meantime, calm down and like become a reasonable human being again. And then they walked out after printing this, I'm sure on government printers with government ink and then walked out to all these cars and, and papered these sailors cars with these stupid flyers. And so the first reason that like besides the obvious stuff, which I'm going to get to the first reason it bothered me so much is because I've been in the submarine force for my entire career and I've never experienced uh, E7 and above parking with the sole exceptions being uh, when I was in the shipyard, there was a parking garage where the first level was E7 and above. Uh, but then every level above that wasn't, it was everybody else. Um, that was like iffy or I was just like, eh. and most of the time I didn't park there anyway. Um, but 
I did sometimes, and it was like because there was no other parking spots usually when I was getting there, or like it's just it is convenient and it's easy. It's the easy answer, and sometimes I don't think about it, but it's not like egregious in my mind where there's like because the E7 about parking that I'm usually like told about it's like way up front and like there's reserve spots with signage where it's like you know you don't have to worry about getting to work early or whatever and you don't have to worry about not having a parking spot and there's just an asinine amount of spots blocked off to the point to the flavor of like 30 percent occupancy at all times where these junior sailors are like struggling to find parking and you can't find it if you get there after a certain time like i've experienced like I i was a senior chief on a submarine and it's like if you got to work after like 730 in the morning, you were not parking legally like there's just nothing there. And it's like and I already had to walk a mile to get through all the security checkpoints and get to the actual submarine on the pier. But that aside, it's like a lot of times if you get the, if you didn't get there super early, there's this parking lot where you got to walk down. No joke, like over 100 stairs down this giant hill to get to your to get to the pier just to get to the security checkpoints then you gotta walk even further to get to the boat so i mean it's like another 10 12 minutes from your vehicle to the to the actual submarine and there's other places where it's even worse than that like where it's like there's even more security so you're like walking you got a program like 15 minutes in um the only time i've no joke like had my own parking spot was when i was an sel and it was the parking lot was in front of the building like where Everybody was the exact same distance from the front door anyway, but for whatever reason, they had reserved parking. And even then, we still raffled it off sometimes, but it was more just so that I didn't have my parking spot more than anything else. But it's like I had to walk a whole extra seven seconds. It was like the my commute from my car to the door to the building was 20 seconds. Like it was the parking lot. There was always parking. It was a gigantic parking lot. Not that hard to get into the building kind of thing. Um and that's it. Like the whole time I've been in the submarine force, I've never, it's never been real. Like it's just, just I, and I'm sure there's a spot, like don't quote me. Like I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's a spot on a submarine base somewhere where there's E7 and above parking. Um, like there is one pier that we occasionally use where I'm at, where there's a small amount of E7 and above parking. But again, it's like the exact same distance from the, the pier security checkpoint. So it's kind of like me. Well, like I, I don't think it needs to exist and I'm going to get to that too. But it does, but I don't feel dirty about it because I'm not like stepping over junior sailors quality of life to to park there. That's the, the biggest problem that I have with this is like, I so my theory is my, my belief system. And I know this is not a hundred percent like solution, even though it kind of is. It is I'm supposed to be on the ship before junior sailors in my mind. And like I had some CSs I was talking to on the social media post coming back and forth. They're like, Oh, we're here before everybody. Anyway, it's like, yeah, there's some people that have to get there super early and benefit uh, by getting in, in my universe. Anyway, benefit by getting the good parking by showing up so early. But like when I show up to the ship, it's, it's like six something in the morning. Usually Uh, if it's duty, it's even earlier. And I benefit from that by getting good parking if I'm showing up to the ship early anyway, cause like Liberty expiration for us generally in port is about seven 30. Um, it depends on what's going on. It depends on what we're doing. It could be a little earlier, but the general kind of the normal rhythm is like seven 30. Uh, a lot of times some of the ships will do it by whole number. Cause a lot of the whole numbers are like seven something, right? So like seven 27 or seven, like 41 or whatever. Um, but it's, it's basically seven 30. So a lot of sailors get on the ship, like, you know, seven 15, um, duty sex turnovers earlier, blah, blah, blah. But like the chiefs, we usually had a chiefs meeting at seven in the morning, every morning. And then, so I'd get there even before that. So I had time to like set my stuff down, get settled, go check on the galley, make sure everything's cool. Sometimes I show up a little earlier 
just to kind of check on breakfast, make sure everything went off. Like it was just like a random spot check here and there because my guys were well-trained and supervised. I usually didn't have to um, worry too much about it, but it's good to surprise them now and again, but it's like I'm getting there and so are all the other chiefs. I'm getting there before everyone else anyway. And so, I mean, the vast majority of officers are doing the same, at least in, again, at least in the submarine force. So it's like, what do we need parking for? And that may be why I'm not experiencing it that much in the submarine force. Um, but it's like, I'm getting there before everybody. Like, so why, why do I need like reserve parking? And at least you can make a solid argument for the triad having parking. I get like CO's got to come and go for meetings a lot. XO CMC slash Cobb, like they got to leave and then come back a lot. And it's like, if you leave in the middle of the day, you're losing that parking spot. And it's like, I get it. And I'm sure parking is just as atrocious everywhere else in the, in the Navy. Like I know on Norfolk, it can be really bad. I've talked to some friends that have been stationed there. Other sailors, like I, I get it. Like, but if you leave that spot, you're screwed. So it's like, I understand the CO, XO, CMC, they got to be places. There's meetings there. Their schedules are generally like just chocked full of all kinds of commitments that they need the flexibility to be able to leave and then come back and not be driving around the parking lot for an hour trying to find a parking spot. Not that their time is any more valuable than a junior sailor's, but I, the argument can be made and I'm, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like I, I, I get it. And I think it's probably necessary. Outside of that, it's like, obviously, and I, I don't want to get wrapped around the axle about parking because I, I, this whole episode conceptually is like chief's privilege. And I say that thinking to myself that the, the and I, I don't want to get caught up in the political like use of privilege in the kind of some of the ongoing things in the world. That's not where I'm going with this. And that's not why I picked the word. I picked the word because there are and there's it's the it's the appropriate term for a lot of the things that are associated with being a chief and a lot of the things that junior sailors have issues with when they see chiefs doing chief things like we've talked about before on this podcast like why do chiefs eat early eat going it even further because that's on, that's on submarines on other ships like larger platforms they have their own galley and their own mess and that like melts my brain. And I've talked to other services and I've talked to sailors on ships with like Marines and stuff. And the NCOs and other services have a hard time dealing with that because they're told like, hey, you have to sleep away from your your uh, Marines and you have to eat in this special place and you have to do it. And they're like, no, like I'm going to eat with my Marines. And like when you have the conversation about like strong leadership and, and the things that people are going to be willing to follow, leading by example, you, that's creating all this artificial separation between the leader and and their subordinates makes absolutely no sense. And I again, I've had the conversation on this podcast about like chiefs needing a place to escape and meet privately and stuff. So like the closed door mess thing, having like a lounge area where they can have like closed door meetings, ranking boards, etc. And it's not always that, which is what a, a lot I see a lot of junior sailors like. Oh, that's not what always is going down in there. Like you're right the vast majority of the time it's us decompressing and just having a space where I can say things that it's probably not appropriate for me to say in front of junior sailors because I'm stressed out and because I'm frustrated and because I'm a human being that needs to like reach equilibrium before I go back out there and continue doing what I'm supposed to be doing is like, I, I don't, I'm not afforded the ability to like, slip up in front of you guys and girls. I'm sure it happens all the time and I'm sure you, you could relay a ton of stories, but it's not supposed to. So that space exists 
mostly for that reason. That's generally what it's used for is for us to blow off steam and decompress and maybe argue about some stuff and like vent and get advice and, and kind of be more human uh, and vulnerable even uh, in front of our peers and, and our leadership and, and hopefully get some advice and then get back out there and keep doing it. And that part of it is perceived a lot of the times on submarines as privilege. And I don't think that's what it is at all. Um, it's, it can, it can turn into a little bit of that, but that space I think is really important. Um, even if they didn't sleep separately, I, I could care less. I could care less if they have their own head. I could care less if they eat separately. And on submarines, we don't have our own galley for the chiefs. They generally like we have a table that's the chief's table. And even then it's like on the submarines I've been on, it's, like the oncoming watchings will eat and then the offgoing chiefs will eat. And then once there's like not enough chiefs to fill that table, I start putting junior sailors at it because I want to get the crew through the line. I don't want to take up any more of their time than I have to waiting on a seat when there's only like 30 something seats on the mess decks on, on a submarine anyway. So it's like, I'm not going to make you wait even longer just because you're not allowed to sit in the special chair. Like that's stupid. And so those artificial separations or, or things that are perceived to be privileges like having your own mess, right? And and I don't know what it's like now. I've heard stories from friends uh, previously of what it's like on surface ships, and I've had things relayed to me. I, I've been in messes on surface ships just visiting, but I've never like experienced a full fledged meal. I've never um, been stationed on surface ships, so it's hard for me to say for sure. But like, I've heard that it it's a lot different than what the crew experiences on the mess decks. I'll leave it at that because I can't go into detail because I don't have the same experience. But it's like, why? Like, why is the experience much different, if at all? Like, the I understand that there could be some things like the triad having parking that can be could be perceived as privilege, but really are are practical, real world solutions to this person needs to have a more flexible schedule and they can't. You know, obviously the parking problem as a whole should just get solved by building a bunch of parking garages or something. But like like a junior sailor should not have to drive around for an hour trying to find a parking spot. And I've been there because there's no E7 about parking. If I got to leave to go somewhere and then come back to the boat, I've spent 45 minutes to an hour driving around in circles until someone left. Like I've, I've been there as a senior chief. I've been there. So it's like I get that pain and it's ridiculous and I shouldn't have this problem because it's like you're telling me I got to come here to work. I got to park my car somewhere. Um, but the biggest part for me was this like perception that or like, like the perception that there's an entitlement there, the sense of entitlement that like I'm going to walk back onto the ship and print out flyers that say I'm special and you can't park here because you're not special. It like melts my brain that who I can, I, I, I'm making the assumption and I'm pretty sure I'm right that that was a chief or chiefs that did that. And it's just like, I can't imagine like seeing that and not flipping out. And just like I've, I've been in situations where and I've talked about this in relation to DRBs where when they start going off the rails, it's like that's not what we're here for and that's not what we do. And it's not it's not in keeping with good or in discipline, just like whatever probably led them there. It's not the right answer. That's not we're not here to like beat a sailor down even further. We're here to get answers and see what we can do to help remediate them and get them back to like fully operational status. Like that's the point. And a lot of times people have a perception of what it is and then they 
they come into the mess assuming that that's what it is, having never actually experienced it. Or maybe they did experience it on the receiving end and it was a really negative experience. And they're just like basically faking it till they make it. Like, oh yeah, this is DRB. This is where we just scream at everybody, right? No, that's not what it's for. It's not what it's for. And if there's not a voice or reason there to tell them, no, that's not what it's for. To the to the flavor of if I have to, I will tell the the member being boarded, like step out. Cause I got to fix some stuff like step out. We got to talk. We got to confer real quick. And then I like start lacing the people that don't get it. It's like, what are you doing? So it's the same thing. It's like your only job as an anchor wearing chief is to take care of junior sailors. Your only job. And every mechanism or like duty or collateral duty or whatever, every commitment you have in uniform that you're getting a paycheck cut from DFAS for every two weeks is that's that's it. That's what it all revolves around, right? Junior sailors are the sun. You're just revolving around it like they're the center of the universe. You don't have to like that. You don't have to like embrace that concept even so much as you have to understand that and act it out in real life. Because if you don't, you're going to lose the faith of, of everyone, of every junior sailor looking up to you saying, what's next, chief? They're not even going to say it anymore. They're not going to come to you with their problems. They're not going to trust you, which we're seeing as an issue like constantly. It's running rampant. And they're not going to follow you. They're not going to want to be you. They're not going to want to replace you when the time comes. They're going to either go officer or go some other route, or they're going to separate which is the most popular answer. And it just blows my mind that somebody would do something like that and that somebody believes that there is anything that could be defined as a privilege that you have some right to, that you're entitled to as a chief. The only thing you're entitled to is your paycheck every two weeks. And as we just discussed, your paycheck is centered around you taking care of sailors, period, end of conversation. And I will absolutely debate and educate any chief that thinks this is incorrect. Reach out. We can talk about it. But I, I, I can't fathom somebody thinking that the right answer was to like paper all these cars so that junior sailors coming out from what I can only imagine was a really difficult day on the ship to find some ridiculous flyer on their car that's going to make them lose the lose even more faith and trust in chiefs. I just, I have such a hard time believing it's even real. And, and it it just it blows my mind and I, I'm sure there's a conversation that I could have if somebody would really wanted to about how like oh they're breaking the rules because the rules are the, the e7 and above blah 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 blah, blah. I'm like all right like what's the spirit of that rule to begin with like explain it to me I'm, I'm standing by for an explanation that makes any kind of sense because i can tell you what probably happens is a bunch of chiefs use their position to make their parking polite less difficult and we ended up with a bunch of e7 and above parking all over the place it's the same thing that I've had it, it battles with like shipyard workers and contractors and all these other people that just throw signs up because they want to reserve their spots because they don't want to have to fight for parking in the morning. I'm like, that's that's not. No. 
part of part of not i mean there's just not enough parking on bases but that's part of the reason why you can't find anywhere to park there's a lot down in that same place i drove around in circles for an hour looking for a parking spot there's a lot that's like deemed this like special kid lot i'm not going to go and i don't want to like give anybody away or whatever but it's like there's probably 30 or 40 spots in this little lot by a building that is at 20 percent occupancy at all times because somebody convinced somebody else that we needed a special person lot and they put up signage and changed all the paint on this parking spots and now no one parks there but i gotta drive around in an hour to, for an hour to find a parking spot so i can go back to work meanwhile i'll get ticketed for parking in these spots that no one ever parks in so again, I, like, I don't want the focus of this to be parking, even though that was the example that kind of spun me up. But we had a conversation at work today, me and my department head uh, and, a, and a first class that works for me about like chief's privilege, about the things that you see happen in the Navy every day that it's like it's like this thing that it's like an expectation that was created somewhere along the line that everybody just kind of assumes now is like some right that chiefs have or some normal thing that chiefs do like some entitlement when you put on anchors and it's like there's there's nothing there are zero things and I'll debate anybody on this there are zero things that you are entitled to besides your paycheck but you have the responsibility to take care of junior sailors. Whoever the genius is that decided that papering cars with those stupid flyers or, or any other example that you could think of, like go talk to a junior sailor. They give you 10 examples of when a chief was rude to them or acted entitled or like, you know, skipped in front of them in the chow line or whatever, where we got to sit here and ask ourselves like, how? <laughs> how did this happen? And, and the people that made that like, decision-making process happened where they went and printed those things and papered those cars. It's like, how did you get there? How did you get there in their head? And, and in what way was that taking care of junior sailors in any way, shape or form? And don't try to sell me on you were enforcing good order and discipline because that's the worst excuse and just outright lie that you could possibly come up with. You were exercising anger because you weren't getting your entitlement that you perceive to exist which does not. It's just some stupid sign that somebody decided to put up in a parking lot. And in reality, it shouldn't it shouldn't exist in the first place. And in some places it doesn't. And guess what? I don't burst into flames when I have to park my car a mile and a half from the submarine and get out and on a 90 degree day walk down to the submarine and it takes me an extra 15 minutes and I'm sweating profusely by the time I get down there. And then, oh, by the way, when I leave, I have to do it again and I have to hike up those hundred steps to my car. A lot of times I do it with junior sailors and it's like, I can tell you in those moments, they feel a lot more relatable to, to chiefs. They feel a lot more like, like, yeah, we're the same. We're all submariners. We're all sailors. Like they feel a lot more uh, a lot closer to us than they ever do when, oh yeah, chief leaves and they could get, they got to walk 20 yards to get to their car once they get off the pier and, you know, Sailor X has to walk like down three piers or whatever to get to their car or has to do, has to stand in a child line for 40 minutes when you just walk in, sit down and eat food. That's probably better. Like I just, the, I challenge you to define those things in your daily existence and like take a real long, hard look at them and ask why they exist in the first place. Cause I, the unfortunate souls, if, and when I get medically cleared to go back to see as a cob, 
I'm telling you, like they're going to be eating with junior sailors. There's not going to be any such thing as a chief's table. Like there's not going to be chief's parking. If I, I'll have a cob spot at some, somewhere at some point that will get raffled off to like the sailor of the week every week. I, I'm like, everything is going to get all those at, small, the small amount of like, quote unquote privilege because I like the stuff that happens on a submarine is barely in the ballpark. I think the eating early thing is stupid. And then maybe like the them eating at their own table, which will probably in some in some ways it kind of happens anyway, where like groups of friends and, and coworkers will congregate at the same table. So you have like nukes at one table and, you know, like navigation guys at another table just because they work in the same shop and they're friends. Right. So you'll see some chiefs sit down together at some point. But I'm going to like make it a mandate like, no, you don't sit next to each other. Go sit next to sailors that don't even work for you. And go out of your way to interact with them. That's how you build rapport with sailors. That's how you build trust and faith in the chief's mess. By sitting down and humanizing yourself a little bit. Share a meal. Like you're underway. Any, like you're at sea underway on nuclear power. Like what are you going to do? Go play video games? Like like just commiserate with other chiefs about the watch and all the admin you have to do and blah, 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 blah. Like I got to do zone inspections. No, like sit down with some junior sailors. Laugh a little bit. Tell them something about yourself. Like humanize yourself a little bit. Make it make them understand that, yeah, well, no, we really are the same. We all came from the same place. I was a junior blue shirt at once at 1.2. I know it's hard to believe. Like I wasn't assembled in, from spare parts of the senior enlisted academy. Like I, I, I wasn't born this way. Like I, I was created by going through a career and experiences that are much like, if not the same as they're going through now. And you can tell sea stories and joke. And like, if you humanize yourself, you become approachable, you build trust and you build that faith that we so desperately need. I think I'm done ranting about this. Uh, I, I just got really frustrated today thinking about that. And then we started having that conversation and I'm super easy to spin up if that's not already obvious. So I got a little fired up and then I thought to my, I, I thought to myself, I got to record something on this. It, initially, I was just going to let it lie at the social media post, but um, I'm interested to know. And, and I know there's some some more stories out there. I have an entire Reddit thread from a while back where I solicited this type of input. But um, if you have stories like this or experiences like this and you want to talk about it or you want me to work through it or respond to it in some kind of way on the podcast, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit. D gets podcast or at D gets podcast or whatever. Like there's it's all D gets podcast on Reddit. There's a sub and then you can find me as a user and you can private message me there or DM me on Instagram. Um, but yeah, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, or especially stories to relay or feelings on this or whatever, uh, don't be shy. Hit us up. Uh, next up, I have an officer programs uh, outline I'm almost done with. Uh, I had a, a listener after Jeff Bayless and I did the So You Want to Be an Officer episode where we didn't really get into the like, nitty gritty of the policy and, and program uh, stuff. Uh, I'm going to do that. It's going to be long. It's probably going to be kind of dry, but it should be pretty useful uh, to sailors that are interested in officer session programs. And there's a lot of them that exist and a lot that sailors just don't know about or know much about probably heard of them, but don't really know what they are. So I'm going to cover all that in detail uh, and then all kinds of links and references and such uh, so that you can find what you need and, and find the resources to complete the application process uh, and so on. So that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>